Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Irish Sports Talk. Hello, Notre Dame fans, and welcome to Irish Sports Talk. This is episode 336. We're breaking down, recapping the Notre Dame loss to Duke, 35-38 to loss. And, of course, uh, I thought about getting some music around, some dancing, happy music. All Notre Dame fans are, I'm sure, celebrating with the news that Brian Mangorder is no longer part of the Irish staff. It was now Sunday, so we're going to talk about uh, Brian Kelly's post-game press conference where some people thought he threw the players under the bus. We're going to discuss our thoughts on where we think Notre Dame goes from here, specifically on defense, uh, and then may- maybe even how that will affect the Notre Dame offense as well with Brian Kelly being more involved with the defense now. And then, of course, going through the different position groups, and then things I like, things I hate from this past game versus Duke. And I guess before we get started, Randall, uh, anything you wanted to to share before we jump in? Yeah, I will say I'm surprised um, at how things ended this weekend on Sunday. I did not expect Kelly to fire Van Gorder, uh, especially after the comments that were made in the post-game show. But it was something that had to be done, and I'm just glad to see that they're they're making drastic moves. We had already talked about how we think what's the quickest way to get this fixed. And I think, I, I know for me, I thought probably the quickest way to get it fixed and, and get a good solid defense is to um, just tweak it within the system. I mean, obviously making changes, but but I am I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy with the news. I was relieved and surprised, like you said as well, surprised that, that they did fire Van Gorder. I, I am trying to um, keep myself from getting too excited. I... I don't know how much of a change that we can actually expect to see because I think there's a lot of issues on this team that go deeper than the defense. So it, it uh, I guess we, we'll get into that a little more, but I, I do think there's still a lot of things that need to be taken care of with this team. Let's start with the, the press conference, the post-game press conference. Brian Kelly, a lot of – in fact, there were some articles. Uh, Brian Kelly throws players under the bus – and he made comments like, well, w- one thing he said is that, you know, it wasn't it didn't have anything to do with coaching. He was pleased with the coaching. Uh, that didn't play a part in the loss. 
he did say that every every position would be evaluated. He and he did say that. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. He said that we're going in the wrong direction, and we need to reevaluate the way we're going about things, um, including personnel. And I, it wasn't clear if he was talking about player personnel or or coaching personnel. And I, I believe one of the uh, reporters did ask him if he was talking about personnel. Maybe maybe uh, Dante Vaughn. Uh, maybe Drew Tranquil, or maybe something with a defensive coaching staff. It's kind of teetered <laughs> around there. And then Brian Kelly said that, you know, he's pleased with the coaching staff, which th- the way I take this, I-, I hope a coach doesn't take, doesn't make a decision to fire a coach right after the game. You you need, you do, even though it was horrible. Even so if you don't want to have a guy waiting at the airport like they did with Lane Kiffin, which he was a head coach. He was an assistant coach. He was a head coach. And... You know, that was the athletic director waiting for him at the airport. You can see Notre Dame gave up a lot of points again, and this has been happening in the last few weeks, even end of last season. So I'm sure this is in the back of his mind. But still, you you need to step back and, and make a decision, not make one in the heat of the moment. Yeah. It was just mind-boggling to me. After I heard those comments in the post-game show, um, you know, it, it's like everybody saw it. It seemed like everybody could see it except him. And uh, talking with uh, Tony a little bit, he mentioned uh, an article that he had read. Um, I'm not sure if it's in Urban Meyer's new book or not, but Urban Meyer's already made the comment that that's maybe kind of what went wrong at the end there at Florida. Um, is He needed, now at Ohio State, he needs to be accountable to somebody outside the football program that has a different view of the game than what he and the coaching staff have just to keep you accountable for that and point out things because he said as a coach it's so easy to become um to think that your plan is eventually going to work um you see what's happening in practice you know going into the games it's a different view on the as a coach as it is from a fan's perspective and he says it's easy as a coach to kind of lose sight of that and just bowl your way ahead. And it, it seems true. Like, you see that from a lot of coaches. A lot of times, you know, us as fans question, why do they keep doing the same thing? You know, why are they doing this? It's obviously not working. But if it's your plan and you so strongly thought it was going to work, it's going to take a while for you to get away from that. And you mentioned it. And maybe it has been working in practice or on paper it, it should work. Yeah. So do you think, personally, I don't think Brian Kelly threw his players under the bus any, any more than he did the coaches cause, because he did say that everyone's job is on line. We've got to do a better job of executing as coaches and as players. Well, I, know, I know he said that every, on the, from the players' perspective, everyone's job is open besides the long snapper. Well, he should have, okay, what I, understand, I understand that he doesn't want to throw the coaches under the bus. Um, you know, he doesn't want to make any decisions. So I think... I don't think he treated the coaches and the players the same way. I don't think he did either. And I I'm, think I'm, honest, I'm fine with that. Well, from my opinion, these are teenage kids. Most of them are, you know, from 18 to 21, whatever it is. But then you're talking about coaches that are 40 and 50. I think it'd be a lot easier for the coaches to take the criticism, you know, than what the players. I think the players are more. Uh, Fragile. Fragile than okay. what the coaches are. And I, what I don't get is why 
I think he should have gone after the coaches because it seems it's more the coaches' fault than the players. But he has been doing that. Was it after the Michigan State game, he really hammered the coaches and talked about, we've got to do a better job of coaching, me personally, but our uh, the other coaches as well. And, and I, here's, here's what I think is different. The players, they're not going to get kicked out of school because they're playing poorly. That's true. And, and so he can he can tell, uh, you know, Jason Kaiser played so hard, not played to the level that we need him to play. But if you say that Brian Van Gorder is coaching subpar, um, you know, we're going to need to make a change there. Well, that means he's fired. Yeah. And so I, I, I think it is different. And I, I do think that uh, I, I think he handled it fine. Maybe the most criticism that he's getting is that there's one guy that's playing with grit and emotion, and that's uh, Dexter Williams. And maybe that's where more of the fans are, are – are, maybe that's where more of the criticism is coming from from that direction as far as throwing them under the bus. I'm not I'm not complaining about that as much just because you don't see the players uh, getting excited about the game anymore. You need to have a guy out there that's getting everybody fired up. Even on when they stopped them on a fourth down, there was hardly any celebrating. I was, re- And you should have – if I were a coach – Get a guy like Nico Fertitta. He has a problem getting too excited on some of the plays. And just tell him, your job is to go along the sideline here and try to get everybody fired up. That's what we gave you a scholarship for. Yes, that is your job this week. You go up there and get everybody fired up and do whatever. Jack Nolan. Knock helmets together, head to head. I don't care what you do. Get them fired up. With each other. Yeah. Jack Nolan brought this up in there. Uh, they do about an 18-minute, 20-minute uh, recap of the games. They show some locker room footage, and Jack is interviewing Brian Kelly about the previous week, the previous game, and he, he brought that up about emotion from, from the players. And he said, you know, there was, Jack said he thought there was two times where the players really got excited. One, the sack, the first sack of the season, and then the interception by uh, Dante Vaughn. When when guys are really yeah, excited and yeah. pumped up, but I completely agree with you. And Brian Kelly said it too. There's not enough fire and emotion with this team. Uh, someone uh, actually was it Brian Kelly where he said they look like they're robots out there. Yeah, and I th- I think that is true. I think they've kind of lost the. Um, they're not having fun. Brian Kelly said they're not having fun. Um, they should be, and that's not happening. And. It should be for them. It should be fun. They should be able to play loose and just go out there and do their thing. Um, the one thing that worries me a little bit about saying the players, you know, all their jobs are up for grabs. It's going to be harder for them to play and have fun because they're going to be worried about making a mistake as well. On defense, I'd say that's where they're at. Yeah. I, I was having a conversation with. One of my friends, uh, uh, was it? Maybe, I don't know if it was, I know we talked about this last week, I think even the week before, as far as when Brian Van Gorder would get fired. And I told him, I don't think he'll get fired until the players stop playing. I mean, if the players would would just would stop playing hard, and I think if they do that, it shows that they don't have confidence in the scheme, what they're doing, or maybe just a lack of respect for the coach. And I don't know if that did happen. Uh, I don't know if that's maybe a reason why the defense is struggling, if it was a lack of confidence in the in in their defensive coordinator or a lack of respect for him but regardless we do need to see some more fire and emotion 
well, on the sideline and in the game. Yeah, and you even saw there was a video clip of the Duke team. I think it was in the fourth quarter. They're on their sideline. They're all in a huddle, jumping up and down, jumping around. Um, you remember the team last year that did the jump around at the in the stadium or the uh it would i just saw it now they it was like in between the third and fourth quarter yes. some random time it didn't matter if they were losing wasn't it like oklahoma state I'm no pre- it wasn't oklahoma state it was somebody we played it was yeah arizona state i'm I, not I, sure I, I it was remember, a team we played was, but i remember remember it happening even if they were losing they would try to get pumped up was it last this, year yeah okay and uh you saw there was excitement at the beginning. Or the Duke players were doing that in the fourth quarter, and they weren't winning at that point. But you know there was the game did start out exciting. It seemed, like, but then there something went wrong. The um, kickoff they, return. The kickoff return for a touchdown, and it was just like that quickly the switch was turned off, and they were they started doubting, um, their ability to make plays and to win the game, and so I think that. The team seems very fragile as far as that. One moment they're pumped, ready to go. One thing goes wrong, and they're beat already. And that's why I keep saying is Notre Dame has to. That's you know the offense. They need to come out. They did this game, score fourteen, but they need to put away teams early because the mental part of the game. They need to do this to other teams. Notre Dame's getting beat mentally every game. I, I agree. I think they're weak mentally, and I think you see it with. I think they're trying to make big plays. We talked about before, missing tackles. It looks like they're going for a, a big hit, jar the ball loose, instead of just uh, wrapping up and tackling. And then our offense, too, Deshaun Kaiser, you know, moving before he has the ball in his hands and a couple of fumbles. And I think, and uh, was it C.J. Sanders where he was trying to get extra yards and then got the ball popped out? Uh, or was that EQ? EQ. Yeah, which it looked like they were holding him up. That was, I was a little irritated that I, I wonder how easily he could have actually gotten to the ground if he would have wanted to, but. All right, new defensive coordinator is Greg Hudson. By the way, he is was uh, hired in June, defensive analyst, and has been a defensive coordinator before. Was a linebacker at Notre Dame, graduated in '90, and I don't know. I don't know that much about him. Defensive coordinator at, coordinator at Purdue. And at Minnesota, and then a linebacker coach at Florida State, and uh, assistant head coach. So he uh, at Florida State, yeah. And then he was at Purdue for three years, and he was also at East Carolina in one of his first rounds. Right. And right. the, at East Carolina, in a couple years, they had an insane amount. They forced an insane amount of turnovers. It was like a hundred and forty-five or something. I, they it was about twenty-nine, I think, average for a few years span. I think it was twenty-nine per year. So he helped turn that around, and, uh, and of course that's what he's going to do. While he was at here at Notre, <laughs> you mean the rest of this year? Yeah. So will they get to twenty nine turnovers by the end of the year? Not total. <laughs> Which, by the way, Notre Dame is one of like four teams that hasn't forced a fumble yet. Wow. So they got the sack out of the way. They were the last team in the country to do that. Now they got have to go for the forced fumble. Um. The at Florida State, while he was there, they jumped up to the number two uh, defense in the country. So he was part of that um, unit that turned around that defense, and uh, you know he was a linebackers coach. That's also what Brian Van Gorder was, and uh, <laughs> but hopefully as a linebackers coach, you know he'll um, 
maybe help this linebacker unit uh, give them opportunities to make plays like I think they can. So the biggest thing about him, well, the one question I have, they'll probably never get answered, but having him as a defensive analyst and then all of a sudden he's a defensive coordinator makes you wonder if this was a plan B before the season. I hate that idea because that means they should have done something before the season started. I hate that idea, but how often does a defensive analyst jump all the other coaches and become the defensive coordinator? Kind of in line with that as far as Brian Van Gorder, uh, you know, did did Brian Kelly, was he really happy with him coming to this season? <clears throat> One of my friends said, uh, it's in a book that, that he read, that and it's more about business and managing businesses, but it said if there uh, if there's an employee that you wish would just quit, um, you should just you should just fire them. If you don't want them to work there, you should just fi- don't put it off. Just fire them, just fire them, and get it out of the way rather than kind of having issues and working through issues and issues and issues. And I think that kind of you know I hope that I hope that wasn't the case either. But it does kind of make well, people wonder. Uh. I'll throw this in there now. Irish Don mentioned on the forums, um, he didn't totally agree with that. His opinion was that he thinks with Brian Kelly spending more time with the defense last week, kind of opened his eyes to the lack of fundamental coaching is how he said it. And it really made him see what was going on. And that kind of helped make the final decision. Um, I do think, I, I do think, I do that. think that there's truth to that. I, I do. Even if, even if, you know, this was a plan B. I still think that's there's truth to that, and helped finally helped him finally make that decision. Um, but I will say the one thing I like, and maybe this was the reason they um, promoted him defensive coordinator. He's a Notre Dame alum, and how often have we heard Brian Kelly talk about Autry Denson um, and the other coaches that have been at Notre Dame? Like even when they're out in the recruiting trail, it's not like they have to. Tell them this what Notre Dame is. They've been there. They've been through the experience. They're so excited about it that the recruits can see that, that everything they do, they love Notre Dame, and it gets the recruits and players excited as well. And so maybe this is one reason I think this will definitely help get the players more excited about Notre Dame because here's a guy that's been there, been through the same thing they have. And so I think that had a lot to that played a lot into the decision that they made to promote him to defensive coordinator. Do you think, and this is totally speculation because we haven't even seen one game under Greg Hudson as defensive coordinator, but do you think there's a a likely chance that he'll be named the permanent defensive coordinator? Oh, man. It... I, I'm I, at about fifty percent right yeah. now. I don't think it does, uh, unless the defense really does does turn it around. I mean, not in game one or not in the first, the next three weeks, but by the end of the season, if it's really turned around, I, I could definitely see it. But I, 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 I don't think so. I think there had to be a pretty drastic turnaround in the defense before that would happen. And the reason I don't say that is because Brian Kelly mentioned the, that at this point in the season, they're not going to pull the rug out from underneath the players. Um, they're obviously going to make some adjustments and, uh, you know, but they can't completely, uh, change everything. And so I think at the end of the year, 
you know, and right now you you're not going to find a defensive coordinator that's going to leave another team at the middle of the season. No, well, no. Yeah, I, 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 know, I know. So this is your option right now, and I think it'll all be reevaluated at the end of the year. I could see them. Greg Hudson will obviously have a very good interview resume, you know, because he had a chance to run the defense, you know, see what he can do. But I do think they're going to – I could see them interviewing a couple other guys and uh, going from there. And one of the differences is going to be Brian Kelly said he's going to be intimately involved. The schemes will pretty much be the same, but they will be streamlined and less – I forget the exact wording, but uh, – simplified as far i don't think the verbiage will be the same the verbiage will be the same which i i don't like but i don't think you can really change mid mid-season i think you're stuck with it maybe I, maybe over a few weeks you can maybe kind of change it a little bit well i don't think that's going to be as big a deal because i think it's how we talked about in one of the last podcasts about how matt freeman had mentioned that you know in texas there were 60 plays on the defensive side of the ball in nevada there was like 15 to 20 and i think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see, you know, 15 to 20 plays and have them get really good at that. And, uh, you know, it won't, it doesn't, the plays don't have to change. Just narrow it down to some plays that your base defense can run and can get really good at so that they can use their athleticism, their excitement, and make the play. We we do know that Jay Hayes is going to be playing more of a role moving forward. Brian Kelly made that pretty clear, which I'm excited about. We it's and fans well, have been complaining about it. That's uh, been mind-boggling on why. Like my theory was that he was injured more than what we thought, and that's why we didn't see it because everybody they were raving about him before the season started, and even um, Dalen Hayes, he's another guy. I mean, he was going up against Mike McClinchy in practice and was looking pretty good. So why didn't we see more of these things? But I think I think it came down. I know we discussed it before, but the NFL, you know, Brian Van Gorder being an NFL coach, it's hard to go away from your starters because you don't need to do that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But with that other players switching it, what did you think of all the freshmen coming in? Well, do you like that? You know what or- I was thinking? Uh, I don't know if it was in, yeah it was this fall. Brian Kelly said that there's going to be a freshman in the defensive backfield that are going to play, and I, I think there's probably more playing than what he <laughs> expected. But that was one thing that he was dead on, dead right on. Yeah, I I like seeing the freshmen, but at the same time I don't want to just I don't want them to just have guys out there so they can get experience. I still want them to put the best guys out there. I agree with you, but the the veteran guys aren't playing that well. Cole Luke had another awful game and uh, uh, it's sickening and uh Dante Vaughn had that incredible interception I mean I, I think he has well, a, he has a sixth sense it looked I think he caught the ball before he even turned his head to, to look where the ball was at yeah we haven't seen cornerbacks do that in forever that's always the issue is the cornerback if they would just turn around and look for the ball so I Julian, I'm not Julian Love to it. I think is the best Better than ta- Coleman. is the best tackler in the defensive backfield yeah it I'm not opposed if they're the best player. I mean, I haven't seen enough. I, I want to go through and see who all these upperclassmen that should be good enough to be playing, but I want the best guys out there. I'm not ready to just play freshmen so they get experience. I, I do agree with you. I, I, I don't want to be playing. I, I want to be playing to win every single game. 
Yeah. Uh, and if that involves freshmen, which I definitely think it does this year, then definitely let's do it. But let's not put ourselves in a horrible situation just to get some experience for next year. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay. With that, let's not bring Brandon Wimbush out of his redshirt year just to. Although throw the, with, with, the, with the ways I airplayed, I think he should be. <sighs> he might might be our second stringer. We'll get to to that a little bit later. We're still talking about defense. Okay, this team. As far as what, what can we expect the rest of the way? And I was listening to some other podcasts, and I was a little surprised at the 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 doubt that Notre Dame can can win mo- the majority of the remaining games. I'm not. <laughs> and I guess before we get there, let's talk about: Do you think these players are good enough to be a good defense, or do you, do you think a big part of it? Okay, definitely a ton of plays was part of it. But do you think that a lack of talent plays a major role? No. Okay. I, th- I think it's the experience. It's not the talent. I, I agree with you. you. You look at other teams that they don't have four and five stars across the board, and I know it's not. that's not all that it is. However, that's still a decent, uh, a decent barometer. Yeah. We have more talent than uh, on the defensive side of the ball than a lot of teams do that are – playing pretty good defensive football. I agree. I don't think it's talent. Yeah, and the thing is, Kaiser mentioned it uh, in when they talked with him after the game, but he's never been 1-3 before. And I don't. a lot of these players have not been at that, but these are good recruits that played on good teams that won state championships. I mean, these... These are great athletes. It's not a matter of talent. It's just a matter of getting them to play to their talent. Okay, so we agree on that. So with that out of the way, how do, where do you think Notre Dame ends up the rest of the year? And the records? Or yeah. what their year-end record is? Man, one and in three is hard to hard to come back from. Do you have one in mind? A number in mind? Uh, I they have, so they have eight games left. Eight games remaining, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't look at the schedule. Um, I, I've got mine. Okay, go for it. I think that I think they go eight and four. I, I think we lose one of the remaining eight. Wow. Because look at it. Okay, I, I know we lost to Duke, bad team, but. Texas, fine. They're not a top 25 team. And MSU dropped an egg. But they're still decent teams, and we, we just barely lost those games. We should have, we had a chance to win we were in, all those We were games. in position to win each one of these games. So why do I think it's like, and I know, okay, so fine, we did lose, we did lose three out of four. But I still think that things can get turned around. I think when you bring in a new coach, and it's different than bringing in a new head coach where players are more attentive and excited and ready to go. I, I still think that can play a little bit of a factor where guys, th- hopefully this feels kind of like a, a washed slate where we're starting over and let's just get a win from here on out this week and then next week. I think the only game, I think we can win every game. I think talent-wise we can score a ton of points. Stanford is the one that I, I think Nordam will still lose. Man. It seems like they should win every game, but what is the biggest weak weakness of this defense? Rushing. And you have 
Navy, Navy and, and Army. Army. I know. You have Christian McCaffrey at Stanford. Well, they will, they will lose to Stanford. And but, you have Syracuse that had a quarterback through over 400 yards this last week. And that's just a week after you lost to a bad Duke team. But we're also going to put up at least 35 points in every team. I know, but that hasn't helped so far. I know. So what what you what do you think? You think they're going to go 6 and 2? Um, they're going to end up at I'll say man. And I I, def, I could see them lose 6 and 6 to, or to, 7 to and Navy. 5. They're not going to get more than 7 wins total this year. Yeah. Oh, Randall. Matt Freeman and I might need to go out for <laughs> for coffee. <laughs> Uh, he's, he thought they were going to win out the rest of the year. Um, I'll be optimistic. I'll go seven and five. Okay. All right. Let's talk. Let me see here. All right. Let's go through the different position groups then on offense quarterback. We saw Malik Zara get a rush on the first play of the game. And then a few series later, he, he did gain positive yards, but then uh, a few series later he came out again and had the option to pass it, and he just got sacked. And Brian Kelly, this is maybe where Brian Kelly had his harshest comments, I thought, uh, when he was asked about Malik. And he, Kelly said it's been in the works, and that, uh, yeah, we won't see that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, well, what I think Zaire should have done is just, Throwing it away, yeah. Which he didn't have a lot of time. I, I he didn't. You're right. But I think the reason I don't think it's going to work is because he so badly wants to make a big play so that he can be out there in the field that he's going to make bad decisions. That that's where that's where I think Zaire's at. He could do it, but I think mentally he he just he's he's so determined to get out on that field. And, and this, is, this is what happens when you're two of your best players are quarterbacks and you have them out in the field at the same time. Yeah, I'm not sure they're the two best players at this point, but that was said that tongue, was tongue, tongue in cheek. Yeah. Offensive line. Well, I want to throw this in. Kaiser um, set a record last year. He had 10 rushing touchdowns. It's a Notre Dame record for a quarterback. He had uh, five. He already has five this year. He is a through for a lot of. I don't know what the total yard. I don't. I don't have it in front of me. But in this game or this yeah, year? yeah, this game he threw for three hundred eighty-eight yards. That's one of the highest or the most yards he's thrown for in a game. And I don't think you you are not going to take him out of the game. No. And bring Wimbush into no. this game. You are not going to do it. Kaiser is an insane quarterback. He's going to have a bad game. Um. Even if you look, even if in the NFL, the Jets quarterback has six interceptions and is is the start. He's usually pretty good, Fitzpatrick. What I'm saying is you're, you're not going to take him out. And, okay, he had a few bad plays, but on the first the first touchdown, his rushing touchdown, they were close. Uh, I'm not sure how close they were, maybe six yards, eight yards away from the, from the goal. And he changed the play at the line of scrimmage. Uh, it was an option play. And then he didn't toss it, but he he just ran it in then. And sure, he he screwed up. He had bad interception, had some bad passes, especially at the end. Fumbled the snap, but overall, I mean, this is 
an insane. The only reason they've been winning, been close in these games, is because of him. Yeah. And he's a future NFL player, and so it would be one of the worst moves to take him out of the game at this point, so far in the season. You know, unless it drastically changes, there's no reason to take him out of the game. And your backup is a very good backup. I mean, Zaire. Who do you mean by the backup? Okay. Zaire. I'm just saying, I think if he would be named the starter, you know, know that he's going to start a game, he could play decently. He's not going to be as good as Kaiser, but he could still make a lot of play. He has some game time experience. So they would both have to. Yeah, that, that's all I have on that. Offensive line, McGlinchey picks up another penalty, uh, false start this time. And I'm, I'm sick of it. I think you kind of mentioned it maybe last week that it seems he's the guy that is picking up these penalties. And I know it's just one, and he, for the most part, he's great in pass protection. But still, well, I mean, the other guys aren't getting these false starts. We saw uh, Tristan Hodge came in for... I don't even know if the if they play if they had a snap. And I, th- I believe Duke might have called a timeout before they played, but he came in for McGovern, and then Biven came out then right after that for Hodge. Yeah, McGovern uh, got hurt, had an injury, so um, that's why they were doing that. So you you got to see a little bit of the other guys, but this offensive line, I I don't know what it is that they can't run the ball. I do know one thing. They were very highly overrated when the season started. And uh, this mauling left big side. Part, yeah, I, I definitely bit on that. <laughs> well, I mean, you should expect them. I mean, they should. They, sh- You know, if you look at it, they should be really good. But we do have three new starters on the line. So, you know, they do. Their pass protection is amazing. Mm-hmm. The run is just horrible i don't know what it is um i don't know it just doesn't make sense wide receiver st brown was targeted three times and had two catches on that opening drive that led to a score and i in my mind he is the the guy that uh that kaiser feels most comfortable throwing the ball to so far he's the number one receiver he had 12 targets hunter had 10 uh, and of those, Brown caught six for 116 yards, one touchdown, and Hunter had six catches for 75 yards. And then one guy that um, I, I've really been impressed with is Stefferson. He had three catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he he's definitely impressed. I mean, I was trying to remain calm on the all the Stefferson excitement um, at the beginning of the season, but... He is definitely looking the part. I mean, he's not – maybe people want to see more of him on the field, but the chances he does get, um, he's looked pretty good. That uh, touchdown catch was very good on his part. And then Sanders also had three catches for 61 yards. All right. Tight ends. Hey, a tight end caught a pass on – was it the second reception of the game? Uh, it was on that opening drive. So they continue to make a mark. <laughs> what is it? One catch a game the last couple of games? Well, huh? the last, last two, two games. Two games, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they hey, should. It was d- a touchdown uh, in, in against Michigan State. True, <laughs> true. All right, running backs. Folsom's problem, I don't think he can cut. 
He doesn't, and, yeah. he, and, he, and he doesn't really have burst either. Uh, Dexter Williams was really impressive, and Brian Kelly did single him out as the one guy that has fire and emotion. <laughs> and uh, how, how much do you think we'll see a Dexter Williams next week? Well, I think we will see more of him. We, we saw He did come out in the first half, Dexter Williams did. And I don't think we saw him in the first half. I could be wrong on this, but I don't, I don't, I don't think we saw him in the first half, in the first half of the game. other games. So I, I think they, they are they're trying to get him more work. As far as carries overall, um, Kaiser had 11 carries for 60 yards. Adams had 14 for 60. Williams had 5 for 24, and Folsom had 5 for 17. Well, from what we saw on Saturday, Dexter Williams seems to be a combination of Folsom and Adams. Yeah. Um, and if he can pick up, you know, some of the uh, reads and make the change or know what to do when Kaiser changes the play, um, he will definitely continue to get more carries. But just because you saw his effort, because that was the same offensive line that Adams and Folsom running behind. And he was breaking tackles. I mean, and that touchdown run. I mean, he broke that was two or three tackles. Uh, he he had his inner beast mode. Yeah, um, breaking those tackles for those last what was it eight yards into the end zone. And we hadn't seen that. Um, I mean, the one thing is he's. Well, we haven't seen he, that from any of the backs this this season. No, he was. You know, he's trying to get more playing time, and so he's putting more effort in. So he's definitely. I can definitely see what Brian Kelly said. He's the one guy that was playing with some effort, and these other guys aren't. We have seen Kaiser throw the ball uh, to Folston and Adams, and so maybe that's one area where he's still where Williams still has a lot of developing to do. I don't know, but it definitely could be. But uh, he did uh, pick up, uh, or he did help out in pass protection. I believe he picked up a blitz just from from memory. I'm pretty sure he did. Um. All right, on defense, cornerbacks. Man, Cole Luke definitely did not step up his game. He should have been torched for another touchdown. He's just glad he should just be glad the quarterback overthrew the receiver because he was flat out beat on the play. And I don't know. Maybe it's just a hesitation. Sometimes. And it's hard to tell if the safety was supposed to help out or not. I think on some of those plays where he does get into trouble, it looks like it's all on him. I do think that the safety was supposed to be there to help him out. Or, you know, when they switch receiver. And so there's there's maybe a little more blame put on him than should be. And it should be put on safeties. The problem is the safeties are so far out of the picture that we don't even blame them. <laughs> But but and, the, but the tackling is still no excuse. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying as far as getting beat on the play, I, know, I, I, I think the safeties have a part in that. Yeah, I, I, they do. Because I don't think Drew Tranquil can turn around and get back there like he needs to. On on one play in particular, it was a touchdown. It was a touchdown pass, and it was um, they kind of they faked the screen to to a receiver uh, out in the flat. And Drew Tranquil saw it started crashing down, but after the pump, it was a yeah pump fake, and then after the pump fake, the receiver that was blocking released and headed towards the corner of the end zone, and you see Drew Tranquil, 
he tries to it looks like he's trying to wrap up the another receiver that's running downfield but maybe he's trying to just bump him to slow him down which it probably should have been a penalty but he then realizes that that he's not it's not a, a screen pass they're going to hit the guy that he's supposed to be covering and you see him kind of fling around and then he starts running towards the corner of the end zone but it is too late yeah and I will say, he looked pretty good at the beginning. He was making some tackles. Yeah, you can he see. He did make some plays. Some of them, I, I made a he joke. just barely brought them down. I made a joke to one of my friends that uh, finally their one-arm tackling uh, technique or practice has paid <laughs> off. And we saw, yeah, we see the returns there. Yeah. But then as soon as I, I sent out a tweet about Drew Tranquil stepping up his game. And then, after and then he <laughs> missed like two t- tackles in a row. And they were bad. Well, it was right after that one-arm tackle for yes. tackle for loss that he just the defender just bounced off of him. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So was that the safety? Did we include the safeties in that? I, I guess we did. Um, he did come out. He was suffering. Uh, in the second half, Tranquil was suffering or was having issues with cramps, I guess. And uh, so that, you know, we did see some other guys in there. But there again, some of the best pl- the best player might be one of the younger guys. Studs still also gave up a touchdown, took a poor angle, but I can accept it a little bit more from a guy who's playing his fourth I, game. I, I agree with you. I can. I mean, I don't but like I don't it. want to accept things. I, I yeah. want a guy that's going to make plays. I agree. If Tranquil, if he has a bad tackle and whatever, and you know he can't do it, but he still makes more plays than Studs, so then Tranquil should be out there. Um, I don't want to play guys just because, oh, they're fresh, and we'll just let them have, you know, uh, we'll just give them the second chance definitely since we're yeah still on cornerbacks Dante Vaughn I think we will see more of him yeah I agree him and uh, Julian Love look good I think we'll see less of uh, Nick Coleman Um, he just continues to struggle and you could tell I mean as soon as Love came in you know you could tell the difference and when Vaughn was in you could see that they were doing a better job all right, linebackers, uh, Niles Morgan led the team with tackles with 10, and he had that one sack. Hey, hey, we got one sack on the year. And then uh, Coney had nine tackles, and Tranquil was actually our next leading tackler. He had eight tackles. And I think most of those were in the first half. Um, I thought Coney did a good job in spurts, like, he made some tackles where he was not going to let the guy get past him. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that a lot. Um, he still makes mistakes, but he is one guy that continues to make some tackles that stop the guy. Do not let the guy get more yards. And Morgan, I think he only has two missed tackles on the year. Wow. Or I think for the year he's at 40, somewhere around there, and which is, what, 10 per game. Yeah, that's insane. And he has two missed tackles. So he is doing a great job. Um, I guess we don't see the huge plays from him. We got the sack, but it seems like he's just quietly getting his thing done. You don't hear his name as much, and it's because he's not making the mistakes the other guys are. But Brian Kelly also mentioned that we're going to see more of a rotation at the linebacker position. Oh, I missed that part about the linebackers. Um, they well, said Well, they said they'll be more involved. Basically, Brian Kelly says they need to get more guys involved. Some of these guys are playing too many snaps. So I'm guessing that means we'll see more of Bilal out there helping out. But 
he'd also be a will linebacker. I mean, what, did, he was did, with did, the did first Blau, team. Did Blob play at all? He didn't record any tackles. We've hardly seen him at all. I did see one comment this weekend that somebody said they'd want to see. Bilal. They like that Brian Kelly want to play more linebackers because they'd want to see Bilal out there instead of uh, James Anawalu, and that is just absurd. I mean, this game he didn't do as good. Yeah. Um, but he has been besides this game, he's been one of the bright spots on this defense. Just looking at the stats here, uh, Notre Dame did record a sack, but did not record a quarterback hurry. Well, yeah, that I think there's a fine line as far as a quarterback hurry. I mean, I, I like the way that Pro Football Focus tracks their quarterback hurries, where if it changes the rhythm of the quarterback, how he or his normal throwing motion, okay. that they count that as a quarterback hurry. And I'm not sure if these stats are lined well, up that same way. I will say Duke's quarterback Daniel Jones did a Amazing job of getting the ball out of his hands. I mean, they did not mess around. Um, it. I don't think it, it would have been hard for any team to get to the quarterback, um, get pressure on him because they were so good at just getting it out of his hand, which it means the secondary is at fault because they're not covering their guys. But I do think that, well, they were close a couple times. Um, Isaac Rochelle should not have gotten that penalty for roughing the passer. I mm-hmm. mean, he was too close to the quarterback. What are you going to do? Break your leg trying to stop? Tear your ACL trying to turn to the right or left? Let's take a break here. Do check out Pro Football Focus. They've got great articles in there about college football, the NFL, but they've also got great tools for fantasy players. If you click on our banner over on Irish Sports Talk, it'll take you over to Pro Football Focus where you can get their DFS Pro, which is a $30 subscription. Uh, it's $30 a month, but you can get one month free when you sign up with FanDuel. So make a deposit into FanDuel, and then you get one month free with their DFS Pro subscription. And it's just great. Even if you don't want to do that, just head over to, over to their website. They've got great articles breaking down different college games, um, and kind of their emphasis is more with the NFL, but they do a great job with some of the top games uh, in college, and they break those down. All right. Defensive line. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like we're going to see more Jay Hayes. Um, I'd like to see more Jay Hayes, Dylan Hayes, Dalen Hayes, Dalen Hayes. Um, see more, more of those guys out there. More Andrew Trimbetti. No, a little bit less. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I would have loved to see what Jay. Yeah. It's all in hindsight. Let's just move even, forward. Even Bonner has been doing pretty good when he's been in there. Um, but Brian Kelly said there needs to be more of a rotation, which that's was, what we heard. That's what was said, yeah. In fall camp. So it'll be interesting to see if they it, actually do that or if that was. Pretty much the, the rotation was Cage, Jones, and Tillery. And was it Elijah Taylor? I don't think he's been in, in there that much. No. But, I mean, or was I'm he saying, in fall no, no, camp? No, th- th- I'm saying th- those three are the ones that pretty much all we've seen Yeah, as far as rotating in and out, except for some third-down situations where, where Dalen and uh, – well, yeah, where, where Dalen does come out of some of those. And even even some of the other freshmen. Um, uh, Aquara has been out there a little bit. All right. And that I will, that's when they have been getting – it seems they've, when they've actually gotten some pressure on the quarterback, it has been some of the younger guys out there. Um, 
Was it against Nevada when we saw Khalid Kareem and Dalen Hayes out both out there? I mean, that's how they got an interception. Um, when these young guys are out there, even Jay Hayes keeping up with the cornerback, you need to get these guys out there. Right there's your talent that you need to get out there. All right, things I like, things I hate. Things I like is Stefferson, his uh, route running. And uh, it was in, I don't know if it was Texas or if it was a week later, Against um, Nevada, against Nevada, but he he runs routes extremely well. Some of the deep routes where he might, in this one in particular, he was uh, faking a corner route and got the cornerback turned and then cut it inside for a big gain. Um, and he he's done that a few times. He's he's very deceptive route runner. He can make it look like he's going one direction and then get into open space going the other way. So that that's something that I did like. Things I hate was Fink taking the ball on the kickoff return. You just eliminate one of your... He had a good return, but you eliminate one of your blockers. You would rather see him as a blocker? Well, he was supposed to block. The ball was going uh, to either Sanders or Williams, and he kind of stepped in front of it and took the ball. And then you have one guy that is just running behind you doing nothing except waiting for a fumble. Which could very likely happen. Well, it could. Well, he hasn't fumbled, but with the special teams unit. Anyway, that's all I have for what I like, what I hate. Um, Anything from you? Well, the one thing I did like was the fast start to the game. The two touchdowns right away. That's what I want to see every week. But they need to keep scoring touchdowns. Um, So as far as a player, you talk about a receiver. I like EQ. He is just, he gets it done, um, and he looks so smooth running the ball, too. I mean, he's a dynamic player. And then things I hate is, I'm going to go with the special teams unit, just because some of these stuff, these, uh, the return for a touchdown, which that was a missed tackle again, but some of these things, these have, Changed the momentum of the game the last two weeks on some of the on these uh, special teams unit. The first one last week was when Sanders returned the kickoff for a touchdown, but then one of the guys, um, you know, had a penalty. Mm-hmm. This week, yeah, two weeks in a row, it seems that the special teams has caught has made mistakes that have kind of changed the momentum of the game. Then you also have Yoon kick missing a field goal. I mean, the game was a three point game. And here we have Yoon, which we knew he struggled in fall camp. I know, but I never expected. I thought it would get figured out and he'd be fine. Yeah, but there again, there's three points. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's things that haven't improved. The punting has gotten better. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that's the thing I don't like is the special teams unit is changing the momentum of the game. I agree. All right, you guys want a free box from fanessentials.net, some fan gear for you. If you retweet this episode, you'll be entered to win a one-month free Fan Essentials subscription. Fan Essentials is basically fan gear uh, from teams from, if you're a fan of the NFL, uh, team in the NFL, the NBA, whatever, you can, you can sign up and get fan, like a hat, T-shirt. Uh, I got a T-shirt, a, a keychain and a flag, uh, this past one. I'm a Pacers fan, and it's picked out by fans of the team, 
And you can get one for free if you retweet this episode. Episode 336 will be pinned to the top of our Twitter page. Retweet it, and we'll choose a random winner, uh, and we'll announce it on Thursday's podcast. So retweet it. You've got a few few days to do it. And if you want to sign up for Fantasy Central, you can get a 15% discount if you use promo code Irish Sports Talk. That is without spaces. So check it out, fannycentrals.net. Get some cool uh, fan gear sent right to your door. And as far as the score prediction, yes. I'm still trying to decide what to do because everybody predicted a win. <laughs> even uh, even Musical Day? Yes, he said it's the last <laughs> time. Or he made some comment about um, not doing it. But uh, it was, I guess we'll it make was... an announcement later this week. So are you saying there, there's too many close ones? You're not sure who would technically be closer? Well, I didn't even look because I was trying to decide, you know, obviously we're going to have to pick somebody that picked Notre Dame to win, but we'll still do that. Um, we'll announce it on the next podcast. Okay, that'll be Wednesday. And one thing, another thing I want to throw out that I didn't mention um, when we are talking about the coaches, why Brian Kelly didn't fire Brian Van Gorder last year. He said part of the reason was they were, he said they were basically two plays away from being in the playoffs last year. So even though, I mean, from what he was saying is, even though it was a bad, you know, they weren't the best defense, they were that close to being in the playoffs. They won 10 games. Mm-hmm. So even though it's not the best, they almost got to the playoffs. And we probably all agree that they would have lost in the playoffs the first game. But that's kind of what he was looking at. And he probably didn't want to, you have to be careful what you mess up. If you get too excited and start, trying getting too greedy it seemed like like uh, charlie weiss was bringing in a new defensive coach every year yeah but i so, mean that's the comment brian kelly made and so i don't necessarily agree that's probably not what i would have done but you can kind of see where he's coming from at the same time and his comment to the recruits that are out there you know one who haven't he said we love you <laughs> but I saw they that, did talk that was, that was kind of a weird <laughs> yeah he, he response but it, it looks like all the recruits, this hasn't affected any of them up to this point. They're all, which they all say they're committed to the school, not the coach. And uh, I think you, some, as a recruit, you kind of have to have that mentality because a lot of assistant coaches, especially if they're really good, might not stick around what, You know, with the four years that you're there, four or five years that you're at school. Mm-hmm. So... It doesn't. It hasn't seemed to have any negative uh, impact on the guys that are committed. Um, I'm sure in the long run it will on the guys that still haven't committed. This just came in on the wire. Uh, Tony said, after reading several articles on Greg Hudson, I'll be really surprised if there's a huge difference on the field <laughs> this year. So, I would agree with him. I don't know. I don't know what kind of a defensive, what kind of scheme or what he likes to do with defense. I just think. Well, it didn't work it, at Purdue. <laughs> I just think if it if it's simple, simplified, uh, and streamlined, like Kelly said, it'll be better. And yeah. with the, with a new start, I think the players will be, will be ready. I think I think they'll be more into it. Well, I think the biggest thing they'll help is like I said, he's the guy that can motivate these players. If he can get these players excited about playing, that might be the difference in winning these games. Mm-hmm. If he can get them excited about making plays and giving their all to make the play. That it it doesn't take a lot to win these games. They've been close, so that's maybe all it takes to win the games for the, you know and finish out this year and then decide what to do. 
All right, that's all we've got, guys. Thank you for listening. Check back Wednesday for a preview episode previewing Syracuse. And I think that's about it. Follow us on Twitter at Irish Sports Talk. Follow us on Facebook. And until next time, go Irish. Go Irish. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.